0: Hello there, I'm Paul Church, I'm the director of the Animo Group, we're a tech, data and digital talent solution. This is our podcast, Talent and Growth, where we discuss all things attraction and retention related. And today I'm joined by the amazing Becky Taylor. Becky is the uh, founder of Tech Returners and the Confidence Collective, um, all focused around diversity, largely around uh, improving the diversity levels of tech teams and helping more females into leadership roles. Just an amazing person, really inspiring. And there's lots of advice here today as we discuss how to attract Uh, more women into tech teams. Hope you enjoy it. Becky, it's great to have you here on Talent and Growth. How are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thank you. And thank you for having me.
0: Absolute pleasure. Well, look, I think it'd be a great start if we just got a bit of insight into your background, your career and and where you're up to now for, for the listeners.
1: Yeah, no problem at all. So um, as you mentioned, my name is Becky. I am co-founder and CEO here at Tech Returners. So my background predominantly has been people, HR and talent. So I've been involved in scaling high growth tech businesses through the value of people for probably the past uh, 18, 19 years. I always say this, I never actually put the year extra on that I grow older. So it's probably a lot more, um, but it's around that time. Um, And My whole sort of passion is around, obviously, understanding diversity and inclusion around organizations and how we can bring that added value uh, while with tech businesses that are scaling and growing. So um, back um, in about eight years, nine years ago, um, I sat on a a leadership team of 13. Um, I was the only woman around that table. And then I became the only parent after the birth of my first child, Ethan. And I think that was my whole sort of Understanding awareness, should you say, that I was a minority as a woman in tech, but also a minority as a parent in tech. Um, and it started to um I started to think about, well, if I'm feeling like this, there's obviously other people out there that might be feeling the same. And when I talk so about what I was feeling, it was sort of that like lack of confidence. So even though I had such a, such a short period of time out that sort of where events tended to be in the evening you know the tech industry moving so quickly it really impacted my confidence. So after speaking to a few people um, I formed um, a community meetup group with a fantastic lady called Azu, um, which is Women in Tech North so which you can find on meetup.com and we started to host um, community meetups so our first one was just in um, an upstairs space. Of a pub and more than quarter in Manchester, no real format really, but we just sat down and just talked and shared our experiences and just created that really supportive environment. And I think through the work that we did with the community, it became more and more apparent about people talking about the lack of diversity uh, within technology. And it became more and more apparent about amazing in- initiatives that are happening around the early stage careers. Um, and we've got some fantastic partners around that. But where we were sort of lacking as an industry around that sort of, that talent where people had progressed and then for whatever reason, majority childcare had left the industry and not returned. And when we started to look at it, it became apparent that there wasn't actually anything there to to support people returning. It was almost right, okay, well, an acceptance point. So we started to, James and I started to, to look at this and back in 2017, Literally, we, 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 we came up with the idea around providing free um, upskill um, opportunities for people, maybe looking to return, put a few social media posts out going, is this actually going to do anything? And we're just overwhelmed with the response so that was like 4 years ago um and you know we've now scaled as a as an organization um ourselves scaled now across the whole of the UK and you know we've enabled like over 170 people back into careers in technology 75% of them being women which is just phenomenal really but you know just showing that there is the talent out there there is the diversity out there and it, I don't even just gender diversity I mean diversity of thought that's what we really talk about because these people that have had career breaks whoever's had a career break even it's a short time one term one you, you understand in terms of all the transferable skills that They might have acquired along the way and can provide real added value to people um, and organizations and teams going forward. So, yeah, in essence, that's a little bit about the journey as such, but um, really looking forward to obviously discussing a few of those elements in a bit more detail.
0: Yeah, it's an amazing journey and a really inspiring one. I'm sure everyone will be thinking that right now. And and um when I when I was working at Sphinx, you know, 10 years ago, we started working with Computer Weekly to put together technology surveys. And off the back of that, we started putting together a women in technology survey. And that um the average stats around that time, I'm talking 10 years ago, was somewhere between tech teams and made up 10 to 15 percent of females. Um, where, where does that where does where do those stats lie now, roughly off the top of your head?
1: Yeah it's an in, stats are an interesting one isn't it because I, you know if you look at the statistics um, it's not really changed you know it's around 17 18% regardless regarding which sort of source that you're looking at um, so i think it's but where's that data? Who is collecting that data? I've always asked this question, you know, who is actually collecting? Is it a true representation? Because now, you know, in technology, what's classed as technology, what's classed as STEM, you know, digital, et cetera. So I do sort of think, well, we do sort of quote numbers, but it's the validity of the numbers that we need to sort of question as well. Um, and But I think, you know, I look at the impact that we're having, and we've definitely obviously increased more women in technology. I look at the impact in terms of, you know, like I said, partners. We we very work very closely with an organization called Innovate Her that talks around um encouraging um girls within high schools to understand more about um STEM subjects. And there's a lot of being work being doing, but I can't see the impact. Now, is that because it's not been updated or Uh, where's that data so I suppose like I know within our within our sort of community we're making a difference but I don't know whether that's really been fed into the overall bigger picture Um, and it's something that's always fascinating me around how do you actually know that data um, and where does that data source come from and it's something that I would love to if anybody's listening and and can explain it to me or provide any shedding the light on it I would love to know a little bit more around that.
0: Maybe that's a goal for me to find someone who I'll do a podcast on it, can't I? Oh, it
1: would be, honestly, because, it, you know, you see the same statistics reference, but what you don't see, and like we've done data ourselves, we've done a couple of uh, reports um, to look at the numbers of potential returners. So I know in terms of all the different data points you, you have to get to produce a piece of data, but what I can't see when they start to quote the... 17, 18% and it not moving, where are the sources underneath it? So I'd un- love to understand, you know, and I think that could be a great project, you know, huge project in its entirety, but there's so many uh, initiatives going on at the moment of feeding into something about the impact having, because I think it puts a little bit of a dampener on things and I'm uh, being totally honest, you know, if you, you look at the statistics and they aren't changing, but you know, I know personally, you know, helping and supporting not just women, but you know, a majority of women back into to technology, and you're not seeing that shift. You're just going, "Oh, right, okay." Well, well why is that? I want, I want, to understand what else we can be doing. So, yeah, if you do find someone, we're very, very interested in podcasts.
0: <laughs> well, I'll see what I can do. And what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you see from the businesses you engage with, or you speak to, as to being the biggest challenges why why companies can't. Get the numbers in a better place when it comes to females and i was actually speaking to um somebody the other day and they've got a they're, they're a tech business they're, you know they're a software house uh but within the business there was of, of 35 there's two females you know so what, what but what, where where do you see the the, ch- the, the challenges for companies what, what do you think they're doing wrong maybe
1: yeah i think i think um we've always started like with the word diversity and then inclusion But I think we almost need to. I always talk about it, reframing it the other way around. So I think any organization that wants to increase diversity needs to ensure that they've got an inclusive culture. Because you could do all the work in terms of obviously um, doing partnering with us, partnering with other initiatives, you know, um, doing it yourself, you know, proactively going out on campaigns. But if you're obviously then recruiting, The diversity and you haven't got that inclusive um, culture infrastructure, then they're not going to stay with you. They're just going to come in and then leave. And then obviously, you know, you won't be retaining them. So I think in terms of any organization, look in terms of your organization, your culture, your your areas in terms of how you can improve your inclusive culture. And I don't mean just writing a policy and having it in a tick box exercise. It really means Think about the real purpose of why you want to do this, because I think my frustration is—you know—I speak to organisations all the time, and it's one question: how can I get more women in the business? And I go always go back to them, why. Tell me why you looking to do that is that because every other company is saying it is it because you know when you read it over social media and you know in like blogs articles that we need to do this because that won't work what you really need to connect with for your business is actually why do you want to do this and that's different to every type of organization because then you obviously need to understand it you know does all the people within the organization feel like that because it can't a lot of people say it needs to be driven by the top and again i don't necessarily agree with that it needs to be driven by every single level within the organization. Yeah, you, 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 senior execs, your leadership team need to drive it. But if you haven't got the engagement of the people, you know, that are doing it day by day, you know, it's not going to work. So it needs to obviously be inclusive at every different level. And then I think once you've got that, and that's a work in progress, um, you know, I've worked with some amazing organizations where they focus like, they have it very much of the roadmap. So like you would do as a normal tech product, uh, project you create a roadmap great companies have like a roadmap in terms of diversity and inclusion because you're always learning you're always evolving you're always getting that feedback and how you can improve and i think once you've started to, to form your inclusive culture then look about your you know your attraction your recruitment methods i think there's quite a lot of organizations not looking outside the box um and maybe just still utilizing um, Uh, recruitment agents I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but I think it needs a a multi-layered approach so like look at what you can do as an organization so if you if you do only have two uh, women within the organization there'll be a reason why that you know also manage that expectation we're working with a company at the moment in a very similar situation but don't hide away from it because what you need to show in terms of the community, what you're trying to do to improve that, you're not going to be the finished article, you know, straight away. It's still like a journey. Um, and then partner with different initiatives. So there's loads of amazing community organizations out there that you can support uh, support with you know there's lots of campaigns you can run and be creative within your own organization I think it's just trying to think a little bit outside the box these things do take time you know it's not an overnight fix you know it does take time to build up your presence Um, and we were talking about it had a event team day yesterday look at simple things about what you're portraying so like your website tells you an awful lot around what you probably think about diversity and inclusion in terms of the people that are going out talking about it just the terminology in terms of job descriptions in terms of content just make sure you're checking those things because if you're sending out mixed messages in on one hand you're saying yeah we really want to focus on DNI within x organization and then it doesn't replicate in terms of what you're showcasing as your um, employer brand, you need to make sure it all matches up. So I think I do believe inclusion first, and then focus on diversity.
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting point because uh, there's a report I, I, I draw upon sometimes in this podcast from um, Codility last year in the 15 fastest growing tech startups. Uh, that report showed that the, the companies that are demonstrating images on their LinkedIn or company pages, more around the people who are working there rather than the product or their service, they're doing better about drawing people in. So, of course, you've got to make sure that those people that you're showing, if they white, middle-aged men, I and mean, then it's going to be appealing to white, middle-aged men, isn't it? You've got to be yeah, very exactly. conscious of that right. aren't you?
1: Yeah. And I know, I know I went to an event a conference, a recruitment conference last year, um, and I heard a talk from IBM. And I know IBM are massive, you know, in terms of uh, from an organization perspective. But if anyone checks out their like social media, they do it exceptionally well. And all they're doing is bringing it to life for people. They call the IBMers. So the bringing to life around the people that actually work in and normalizing it. So, you know, in rather than just saying about this person working in tech and a dev or whatever, they're actually creating um, a story about them. So who they are, you know, in terms of flexibility, in terms of what they enjoy doing, etc. And, and really sort of creating that narrative around diversity but diversity of thought diversity of background diversity of what people enjoy doing and it's like really bringing it to life and i just think it's something so easy and just doesn't cost a lot as well because you're showcasing your actual people within your organization but like you said so powerful because we see it um with our content when we put a piece of content around a returner that's been placed within an organization. Because I can talk about it every all day, every day. But what people want to hear is people that have gone through that journey, and what 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 happens to them then. You know, they want to hear the successes, and that's when we get the most engagement because people can see themselves in those other people. And again, it's just a really simple technique um, that any talent team can can put into to place. But I think it's just so powerful about bringing it to life
0: i said you're the second person this week to mention ibm to me um (laughs) around being a case study of someone who's nailing it right now Um, and and i was like ibm really that's interesting Uh, so i need to go i need to go and check that on
1: their instagram honestly um they did the talk and you know they did talk about they have limited budgets you you don't know because we're not in that organization aren't they but you know looking at their content it was just such a simple and you know um we're sort of taking really great advice about like obviously seeing what they're doing and actually going "Hmm, that's a really good idea that um and they were very very open and transparent around you know how how they've done it and what impact it's having so I I do really um um, urge people to have a have a look around that as well because I do think they're really nailing it in terms of that um storytelling aspect
0: what kind of what what kind of things could businesses do to create that environment which supports the wider group and encourages a more diverse teams of course making it a more of an inclusive culture before we go to market how we what kind of things can businesses do internally
1: yeah, I think um there's quite a few tools and techniques I think one of the main ones is making sure people have voices i think um again, it's like you might have one idea about what inclusion and diversity means to you, but the two people sat next to you might not. So again, creating that psychological safe space around people putting forward ideas and suggestions. And I've always been a massive advocate advocate of the feedback loop. So a lot of companies do ask for feedback. But then don't take any action and don't feed it back which is quite disheartening um for an organized for, for an individual that have put you know time and effort about their suggestions so I obviously urge people if they're going to create that inclusive culture and ask for the feedback about what people want even if you're not going to take that idea forward you still need to feedback it why and, and get them to understand it because you need to create that culture that people are open and they they will share things because if they don't understand why then they've not been listened to then basically they won't do going forward so you could obviously create like a really psychological safe space you know in terms of getting people's ideas because obviously things do mean different things to to each other Um, and it's just a powerful way to understand about why we're doing it like I said do it every level Um, so you know people talk a a lot about like working groups uh, which I think is great but make sure those working groups are inclusive as well so I was talking to a a, a lady yesterday around that one of the massive organizations in Manchester are setting up a, a, a women's network and she was saying do we just keep it as all women or are we actually you know hindering in terms of you know diversity and inclusion within the organization. And I always relate it back to, to women in Tech North, our community, we're inclusive of everyone. So we actually encourage um our members to bring males along because I think if we're really going to change and shift the dial on diversity and inclusion, everybody needs an awareness. And I do think it is that awareness piece that You know, we've had uh, males at our uh, meetup that come out and go, actually, I've not thought about it from that perspective. And also women thinking, I've not thought about it from that perspective. And by creating that awareness, again, makes it inclusive. But on the caveat to that, if you wanted a a safe space just for women, then you can just do something separate, but make sure you have a variety of things that, you know, are inclusive to all of your organization as well. So those are hopefully a couple of tips that, you know, people could implement. And like I said, putting it all visible in terms of like a roadmap. So, like, you know, you've, you, you've got a working document. These are, like, milestones that we want to achieve. Be realistic on that. Like I said, it's not going to be an overnight solution. You're going to um, try things. They might work, they might not. Do a retro around it, how we can improve going forward. Um, try not just to also focus on numbers. I know people talk about, like, statistics a lot, but, you know, it is one measure but it's not just the only measure I think there's a lot of other things you more subject, subjective things that you can look at around your own organization around diversity and cl- inclusion as well around how people feel um you know in terms of uh, promotion progression uh, we're not just focusing on you know getting these people in are we actually developing them once they're in as well
0: so I think so if we say that um, we've got it nailed in our culture, we've got an inclusive and safe space, um, so we have got that covered. If we're, if we're a talent acquisition team, so many of the listeners will be in TA, how do we then take that to market to attract more
1: females into our tech teams? So um, content is key, you know, um, and I think that's a, uh, having managed um, talent acquisition teams for many years, I think it's always been like, a difficult one because you've got your talent team that's going right. We can produce this content, and then they go along to the, the tech department and maybe go. Well, they might face a bit barriers around. Well, I don't know why whether I've got time to to do that content. I may not got time to write a blog, or I don't know whether I want the face on, you know, social media. Um, and I, I've always seen those challenges around, you know, the, the the silos and bridging those sort of two teams together. I think on that, it's really getting the talent acquisition team to explain the purpose and why and what's the impact. So if you go to a a tech team and go, right, we're going to write this. uh, I need you to write this blog about why you enjoy working at this organization. More often than not, they're not going to do it because they don't understand the purpose to do it. But if you obviously shared the why and what you're trying to do alongside in terms of the, the bigger overall picture, but what's the actual reason and purpose and the benefit of doing it around, obviously we, we want diversity of thought, we want um, gender diversity, etc. and the, the reason why we want that is because when we're making a product or a service, we want to be inclusive of all to get people's different perspectives. That could obviously mean that, you know, um, smarter solutions, you know, producing more revenue, etc grow and scale the business, etc etc I think if you do that narrative of why, you'll get more engagement. So I think definitely content. Um, definitely look at all the initiatives that are out there. I'm not just saying that there is obviously ours, but there's obviously lots and lots of different initiatives and not every initiative will be right for your organization. So really do like a market analysis of all the, initiatives are going out there what's right for your organization what can you support with i've heard time and time again around companies spending very large budgets on like events and they've not worked for them and i think it's because you get approached for an event and you say well can you sponsor this event and they'll go oh well, that's you know that's great but they're not connecting it again about why they're doing it and what actual impact it can have on that on their business so i think doing a really good market analysis. And you can do that by going out into the community, going out to the community meetups, see what people, other companies are referencing, what other people are talking about, speak to them. I think I've I've seen, um, and, I'd, and I'm sure it's still the case now, the talent community is very collaborative and supportive of each other, even though it's like a highly competitive market. I've seen very much, groups of uh, talent um, acquisition, specialist talent, heads, talent that come together and share those ideas. And, I'd, and if you're not in that sort of group... Um, Um, please, I recommend you do. There's, you know, there's quite a few that I see popping up on LinkedIn every now and again. And I think it's just a great space to to share things about what's worked, but always connecting it back to what's going to be bring value for your organization as well. And like I said, check in terms of your resources, your tools, so your job descriptions. So like what we do, just even hiring for our own team, we try to bring it to life in terms of um, like candidate packs. So rather than your, your job descriptions, focusing on actually bringing it to life in terms of uh, words, holistic view, pictures, et cetera, of what it's actually like, you know, doing video um, around job descriptions and things like that. Um, one initiative we've done within for our returners is we've removed the cv so what we find is a lot of biases happen um you know i feel the talent industry has moved on so quickly but what hasn't moved on is that we're still referencing an aerial 12 black and white cv and it leads to so many biases around dates um, and details on there that every client we work with, we've now produced like a return of profile, which is more of a holistic overview of that person's skills, experience and what value that they can create um, and bring to that organization. So it, it again, eliminates that unconscious bias um, around, you know, talent team doing really well, got all these details, but they might not be your traditional, uh, candidate that you've seen before but you can see you know skills and experience and how you can present that is in different ways to eliminate that unconscious bias so hopefully you know there's a few things that people can put into practice there
0: I was chatting to uh, Asif Sadiq the other day, who oh, yes. is you know Asif, yeah, uh, really really good guy. He's going to be on the podcast. And he he put something really well for me. And it was really obvious, but i just not heard it put like that. And He said in interviews, we need to stop people asking people what they've done and I'll start asking them how they do things. Yes, and that is just I was just like wow, you know, it blew yeah. my mind a little bit.
1: And it, it's some it's simple things like that, isn't it? You know, it's like looking around. Not, not the end points so and not like the finite, but the infinite in terms of like how they've actually got there, the journey in which sort of they, they've they progressed. Because if you just looked at the end outcome, come on, we all know things don't go right all the time. So you, you can't really judge in terms of someone's success around that. It's more about what they've learned, experienced on that way. Um, but I learned so much more when things go wrong, Than I do when things go right, to be honest with you. And I I try to reframe that and going, right, okay, well, that hasn't gone particularly well, but what have I learned? And as a team, what have we learned? What can we take away from it? And what could we do better if? So, like, I always, my my sort of two uh, phrases for my team is go, Right. What's gone well and what's gone better if you've always got to look in terms of what, what could be improved on that as well. But I think that's great advice in terms of looking um, for the detail around how they progressed and the journey they've been on rather than just the end, end goal.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. What do you think the impact of the new flexible remote working environments can have on the diversity levels of tech teams?
1: yeah in in terms of um like flexible working etc yeah so Literally, it's been a fascinating one, hasn't it? Seen it evolve over the past couple of years around flexible working. You know, back when I started my career, it's probably one, it was one of the biggest things you put on your career's website, wasn't it, around like, one of our benefits is flexible working and it might mean that you can finish half an hour early uh, <laughs> on a Friday or something like that. But as obviously times progressed, it should be the norm Um, And it should be the norm now we're obviously knowing that it can be done, whether companies thought it could or could not be done. We all have done it. We've all had to do it over a period of time. And it's really interesting now, obviously, listening and seeing companies about how they're addressing it going forward. You know, now restrictions have have eased and, you know, what are companies wanting, what are employees wanting? Again, it's just something so simple around communication. Just asking people what it means to them. So what we did earlier uh, last year was we did a a flexible working manifesto because flexible working, agile working, however you want to brand it gets... Talked about all the time, but it does mean different things to different people. So we did a workshop where it goes, well, what does it mean to individuals and how can we make it happen? So people on our team, like I've got two children. So there's um, times when I want to do the school runs. We've got people that, you know, uh, go to the gym, people that, you know, like to go out walking the dogs, whatever. It means different things to different people. But how can we make it happen? So I know like today, I. Um, I pick um, my children up about half three and then I'll be offline. Um, but I'll know in the evening I might hop back on because that works for me. But what I've always make sure of is I don't expect anybody to answer, reply, etc. around that. So we've done things like managing notifications on phone we have something called the bat phone so if people are offline but for whatever reason it's an emergency a bit like in the batman film we have a bat phone we know that we can contact you if it's an emergency so it stops i suppose that fomo fear of missing out of people checking notifications all the time just in case they they have missed something or you know they want to know what's what's happening on something so um we've also obviously um accountability for to each other as well you know if we know somebody's off that you know and they log back or they log on we, we actually talk to them and go why you know why did you feel you needed to do that because we want to create an environment it's so important i think especially with working from home etc to be on all the time isn't it we don't have necessarily that break of communicate and um, commuting anymore so we're always on So it's very easy to get burnout, you know, and we need to make sure that companies are looking after the employees. But it is down to communication because I think people wanting different things. Some people are wanting to go back into the offices. Some people are wanting to have a a hybrid sense of working and asynchronous communication um really really key so understanding if you put in a frustration frustrating as hell (laughs) I'll be totally honest that you put a message on but you have to realize that person might not be working the same hours or the same routine as you so you have to obviously understand that um we talk about obviously um you know the kitchen chats and the decisions being made in the kitchen that to be inclusive Going back to the inclusive part that those things can't happen because you might have somebody working at home so being careful that you know you're not have making decisions in the kitchen and then expecting people to know that aren't there so i think it's a a lot for organizations to think about and just being aware about sort of we talk about hybrid working working from home and it is fantastic because it creates so much opportunity but we just need to make sure, again, going back, like I said, to the inclusive part, that we are inclusive of everyone and making sure it works effectively for everyone. Because you would hate somebody to be at home and, you know, feeling very separate to the world just because they've chosen for what their personal reasons to, to work from home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And are, are, there any, um, are there any other companies out there who are really standing out to you as businesses who are doing just really well with diversity levels of their tech teams and how they're doing it?
1: Yeah, interesting. Um, we had, and it's only because it's very recent, um, Women in Tech at North, like I said, is a community meetup group. Um, with any community meetup group to put events on, you look out for sponsors, etc., to help you. And, um, you know, we always struggled like, like with venues, you know, people that willing to give us space in an evening, you know, cause obviously it's got to be manned by that organization. Anyway, safety culture an organization in Manchester um, has offered us as a venue sponsor. So all our events can be there. And we were talking on Tuesday at our meetup around obviously diversity and inclusion. We were talking about goal setting and, you know, they've had a real uh, shift around their numbers and doing it really well. But, they also acknowledge the fact that their next level is to, so they've got, um, I think it's 54% women within their organization at the employee level, but where they're noticing it now is sort of that next level up that it's okay, but we need to, we now need to progress those women onto the, the leadership team, the senior exec team, et cetera. So I, I think, you know, they, they're seen as a big success. And again, it's about statistics. So on paper, that statistic looks absolutely amazing. But they're also aware the next bit that they're working towards is to make sure that has that, that the uh, same level of diversity at their sort of leadership team to sort of retain and then progress uh, women to, to roles. Because I do believe, again, as a factor of making you know changes within diversity and inclusion, we need to have true representation at every single level.
0: Yeah, absolutely agree. And uh, a couple, couple more things, Becky, and please tell us a bit about the Confidence Collective.
1: Yeah, uh, so back in um, 2018, um, I started to look a little bit about what we're talking about about the lack of women at leadership levels. So, obviously, from tech returners' point of view, we were talking a lot about women returning and how we can obviously support those uh, the people progress, but. It became more and more apparent about the lack of diversity, like I said, at at, at, a leadership level. And I think the statistics out there that there's only five percent of women on um, sit on leadership teams across the whole of the UK. So I started just doing a little bit of research about what was out there to support women, because having been in that situation myself, I thought, you know, I was reading the books, you know, listening to the. The talks, you know, reading um, reading the papers around, you know, how I had to be in a leadership position. This is a long time ago, and I felt and I was surrounded by men, and I felt like I had to be more like assertive and a little bit bordering on aggressive, you know, and sort of like um, really strong influencing. And it didn't necessarily sit as my natural sort of skill set with that. So when I started to do the research and understood that there's amazing like leadership programs out there, you know, accredited programs, but there was nothing that was really focusing on what I classes that are real leadership skills and focusing on that individual. So um, I put a, a four month program together um, to address some of those. So we focus very much on self-awareness, um, understanding your own values, your own direction, a confidence and imposter syndrome, raising your personal brand and then leadership skills. Um, but the main ethos I wanted to create is this community. Having been a minority as a woman in a woman in tech leader, I didn't have anybody to go to that maybe. Facing those uh, similar challenges that I was. So we put the program together um, and over the, the course of the, the, the few years that we've been running it, I think we've taken about over 85 women through that program. So we've got a really amazing community now and they've gone on to succeed. So we've had numerous progressions award winners um where people do women do ted talks and they're fantastic but most importantly women feeling more confident in their own skill set so understanding what their own skill set is and how they can um work effectively with others um in their you know their team their organization in their com- uh, in their communities um and it's just you know it's quite um it's it's great in terms you've obviously got 12 women in a room i never put it on online and um, i'm a great believer of really building those relationships up in person um and it gets quite vulnerable so one thing that i really encourage is like a psychological safe space you be the more you open up the more you get out of it and f- for whatever it, it does work it really does work you know and then people say oh wow i actually thinking about that myself or I feel like that and obviously it then becomes a very supportive um, environment to each other and you know You've kindly um, sponsored a couple of places on our, on our current one. And our current cohort's running at the moment. Um, we have a WhatsApp group. So, you know, even when we don't have the sessions, um, we're, we're sharing, we're checking in on people. Um, we're seeing how people are progressing, etc. But they naturally do that in them as well because they have formed a, an amazing community to support each other. And even like a reference to the community meetup, but on Tuesday, um, I had two women there that um, had done the program back in 2019. Both of them have progressed in the roles, now on leadership roles. Uh, You know, and even one of them, because she's going through a little bit of a a challenging time at work um, when, when I saw her, she just looked, she was beaming, she just found like in terms of what she wanted to do, um, she found the confidence to do it and really now progressing and people come up and say, oh it's amazing what you do, you know, thank you but I always say that I'm just the enabler, I bring the tools and the resources and the safe space to do it, the people that really do change it is those women in the room, they really come with that mindset that They want to achieve something. They want to develop. And, you know, if you come in with that and I provide you with the tools and resources, you know, sky's the limit, you know, and it's amazing. Even a reframe will have happened when this goes out. But uh, a huge non-for-profit conference, I've got a lady doing a keynote uh, speech on the day. That literally probably 12 months ago, if I said to her, "You're going to stand up in front of 550 people," she probably laughed at me and probably would have told me to to do one. But like, she's doing it. She's absolutely doing it. And you know, she that was her um, sort of aim, and she's now sharing her story to inspire other people, which I think is just absolutely amazing. So the whole ethos of the community uh, confidence uh, collective is to develop. You as an individual to succeed, but most importantly to inspire others. So yeah, it's, it's oh, it's it's amazing, amazing community. I love I love what we're doing there.
0: I'm sure people will. But if you're a business or an individual and they want to get involved with the Confidence Collective or Tech Returners or any of million things you're responsible for, what 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 what's the best way for them to do so?
1: Yeah, if you want to just connect with me, um, I'm always open for conversations because I think regardless of where you are, like all the things that I've shared, I think connection network is so key, really key. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Becky Taylor, drop me a message, you know, if it's a program you're interested in, great, but more about building my connections just having chats to people if I can help you know I will do you know my background is people HR and talent so I do understand in terms of the sector as well um, I can share my learnings as well um, and I'm, I'm really open to just build my network and connect to other people you know that are probably going through similar challenges that I've had in my previous career as well so really open but obviously then tech returners come confidence community is all on the socials so you can find out more about our programs on there
0: amazing well becky look thank you so much for being a part of talent and growth really enjoyed the conversation hopefully we'll have you back again
1: sometime brilliant thanks so much paul really do appreciate it